pastor. Uh, man, I feel like I want to encourage us with something like we were talking a little bit about voting and politics and stuff the last couple of weeks. Um, you saw, I mean, some of you guys probably are disappointed with, yeah. Do you? That's cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's awesome. See, that's good news right there. I felt like, because, like, obviously we were speaking against Proposal 3 with good reason why, but um, obviously it passed, and I felt like it's funny because uh, as, a, as a believer in Jesus, like, say that again. Oh, no, you're good. I thought you wanted to say something, but, no, we, uh, I was thinking about it, I'm like, regardless of whether it passed or, or didn't pass, like, your role stays the same, you know? Like, you're still called to raise up godly children in the face of a crooked and perverse generation. Like, your, your, your goal is still to, to shine his lights in a crooked and perverse generation. And that's the problem is, like, we think that, like, I don't place all my eggs in the political basket, like, ever. I think that we, and so it's, it's so funny because, like, I guess what the, what the feeling I felt was, and I, I kind of was asking the Lord about it, is like the enemy makes you think that he's super smart and is a lot stronger and has a lot more wisdom than the Father, right? Like the enemy makes you think that what he's doing, you kind of don't have, a, don't have you can't control anything that he's doing, right? So it makes you very vulnerable, which puts you into a place of fear. So as a believer, we should never live in fear ever, right? That's just not, like fear is a sin, Living in fear is sin because you're living outside of what God has called you to live in. And you're looking at his, at his goodness and his nature. And I'm not saying when we struggle with fear that we just, need to, we just need to realize that, like, the enemy is trying to get you to live in a place that you're undesigned for. And anything that's not of faith is sin, right? You can't have faith and fear together in, in the same room. One of them has to leave. So just, like, see this as, like, what the Lord was encouraging me. And he's like, Dylan... The Lord is not impressed with what the enemy's doing, right? All across the board and everything that you see, the Lord is not, he's not impressed. And by impressed, I mean, he's not like, wow, I can't believe that that happened. Like, I can't believe, like, he's not in reaction to the enemy. Plain and simple. Like, the, enemy, the Lord does not live in reaction to the devil. So we should not live with a mindset like that. Does that make sense? Because it, you can wake up living like, or feeling like, I mean, not even just, just what, like elections and stuff like that, but you can wake up. The enemy is trying to build fear in people's lives because fear disconnects you from the heart of the Father. And that's why I say, like, it's, you should treat it as sin because you don't want it in your life. You don't, you, we are not called to live in fear because perfect love casts out all fear. So that means we're lacking in, a, in an understanding of the love of God. And I just felt like the encouragement I felt was like, you know, if you look in the book of Acts, when the... The height of persecution came to the church. You saw a ton of, of absolutely radical things happen. Um, when, when, when Saul was at his height, when he was dragging people out of, it's in Acts chapter 8, but when he was dragging people out of, out of people's houses, like going into every house and dragging out men and women and throwing them into prison, it says, then the disciples were scattered abroad and they went preaching the word everywhere, right? So it's like Jesus is never, he's never worried about what the enemy's doing, like, He's, 
he's got a lot bigger plan than than looking at what the enemy's doing and trying to come up with a counter counter plan. That's not how he lives. So as believers, like I want us to see that as if you're looking at a situation or you're looking at the world or you're looking at the news and you're and you're sensing fear, then you're listening to the voice of the enemy. And you're looking at it through the wrong eyes. Right? Jesus never looks at things without the eyes of hope. And I just I just think that like as believers, we need to understand that where we're at in the in the world, regardless of legislation, regardless of where people at, we're called to, to raise up godly children. We're called to love people and look like Jesus. Regardless of where regardless of what happens, regardless of how bad it gets, like we're called to shine as lights. And obviously that's why I'm not gonna not talk about I'm not gonna not we're not gonna sit back and not vote. We're not gonna sit back and not engage, but it's and not pray and believe, right? But let's let's make sure that our our heart posture isn't from a place of fear, and let's make sure that our heart posture isn't from a place of um, judgment towards people, right? Because there are still people. I remember the Lord spoke to me a long time ago, like I was speaking evil of um, somebody in political power, and I was like, and the Lord said, if I put you in the room, could you talk to them with a pure heart and tell them I love them? And I'm like, dang, probably not. <laughs> And he's just like, why? He's like, I'm like, because I, I mean, I have a really poor view of them and I speak really evil of them all the time. And he's just, because I was reading the verse that says, speak evil of no one, which was pretty easy to understand. I was like, man, Lord, what does that mean? But I was looking at it like, speak evil of no one. And the Lord's like, if I put you in the room with the people that you disagree with politically, could you speak truth to them and actually share the gospel from a pure heart? And I'm like, probably not. Man, we shouldn't be like that, right? We should, we should position our, like, obviously there's, Obviously, people are setting themselves up and doing things that are ungodly, but we have to look at them through the, through the eyes of the gospel still, regardless of how poor and how, and how bad they are, right? Now, the Lord, is a, the Lord is, a, is a just judge, and there will, be, like, there will be recompense, whether here or not or later, for what people do that are, that's ungodly, but we need to look at them through the eyes of lost people that, that can be redeemed, right? Because it's a good thing that God didn't look at you like that. Does that make sense? Or Paul, right, in the midst of all that. Right? Is that good? But I wanted to encourage us with that. If we're looking at the situations through the eyes of fear, then we're listening to the wrong voice. Right? Doesn't mean we don't engage. Doesn't mean we bury our head in the sand. We could build a compound, wear burlap, grow our own food. But I don't think that that's the best way. My wife would argue. But um, <clears throat> Did you guys enjoy what I talked about last week about purpose and stuff? Um, I know some of you guys probably weren't here, but I believe I'm going to kind of stay in that same vein. But purpose is so important for us to understand. Purpose is so, so, so important for us to understand. Because when we do not understand our purpose, we'll live menial lives just going about the motions. And kind of we won't live the life of impact that we want to live for the Lord. We won't, let me say it this way. We won't live the life of impact that the Lord wants us to live for him. So think about this. Um, what is God's, what is God's goal in the earth? For people to know him, right? You can look at Timothy. It says God desires that all men be saved. Desire could be a will, the will of God, right? God's will, his desire is that all men be be saved and come to, the, come to the knowledge of the truth, I think is how it goes. Um, I don't have Jared here, so I don't know what scripture that is. It's First or Second Timothy. It's down at the bottom right-hand side of my Bible. Um, is it Peter? 
first or second Steve, first or second Peter. Tyler's getting us closer, but doesn't have the exact reference. Yeah, you're hearing the spirit of Jared's come upon you since he's gone. Jared laid hands on you when he left and was like, bless him. Um, but God desires that all men be saved, right? Come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes, I think it is in Peter. Because he talks about forbearance. That's why the Lord is forbearance to coming back. Because he's waiting for people to be saved. He's waiting for people to come to the knowledge of the truth. He desires that no men, be, no men perish. Right? So the idea of God picking and choosing a certain elect of people to be saved and people not to be saved is just ungodly. Because the, the, it, the Bible says that God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So that means that he doesn't create Simon as somebody that's not going not gonna to accept him and create Bailey as somebody that is going to accept him. He creates them both the same with the desire that they would accept him and receive him. Does that make sense? So that whole like sovereignty of God where he chooses and picks people of the elect, it's not, that's just not biblical. Because Jesus died for all mankind, for whoever would believe in him, that they might be saved. Whoever. Whosoever. Right? So we're all whosoevers. But like you said, so the will of God, the plan of God, and the heart of God is that people would receive him and know him. Right? So what fills God's thought processes and his mind all the time? That desire. Right? We always say, like, God, God pursues us personally because he wants you to know him. Like, everything, everything about your life, everything that God thinks about you personally is so that you would grow in your understanding of who he is, know him more, and be more like him and be more free, right? Whenever he sees something in your life that's not fruitful, the reason he brings it up is because it's for your benefit. This is incredible to me. I was thinking about this when I was deer hunting the other day. Like, the Lord Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit all in one, but they're sitting there. And I'm like, why would you create mankind and then them fall and then you choose to die in their place so that they could come back to you? And I know that that's elementary, but think about this. The reason that God lives like that is he has no, it's not hard for him to make that decision because he doesn't think for himself ever. Think about this. God doesn't wake up and think how, his, how he can make his life better ever. He doesn't think, because love doesn't seek its own. So God doesn't live a life, like, thoughts of God aren't, he goes, how can I do, like, how can I get robbed to do something so that it can benefit me in the long run? That's crazy. Think about that. God doesn't, God thinks only for the benefit of other people because love doesn't seek its own. He gives himself, right? Love, there's no, no greater love has any man than this than to lay his life down for his friends, Jesus says. That's the greatest amount of love is to lay your life down, obviously, and he lives it. But think about this. So God wakes up with the, with the purpose, wakes up, <laughs> right? God's awake with the purpose and the idea and the, and the mindset for your benefit so that you would know him, so that you would either, whether you're lost or whether you're saved, so that you would come to the knowledge of the truth and live your life for him in relationship with him, to live in relationship with him for your benefit, which is crazy because he's amazing, right? He knows he's amazing and he knows he's better than anything that you've ever given yourself to. And he's like, I want you to know me for your benefit also because it's going to benefit you in the long run, right? Secondarily, let's say that there's somebody else on the outside. What is he thinking about that person that you maybe don't know or maybe that you work with? What is he thinking for them? The same thing. Okay, do you think that the enemy understands that? 
Do you think that the enemy gets that you're sitting there in your life? And do you think that he understands that God's will and his purpose is for Bailey to know him? Do you think that when he wake up in the morning, do you think that the enemy... Do you think that the enemy gets it and understands that the desire and the plan of God is for one thing, and that's for Bailey to know him? And, he, and, and his will is that Simon walk in, in the knowledge of God so that Bailey would see it. Let me say it like this. Do you think the enemy is just kind of just doing things, not understanding what God's plan is in the earth? Right? He's very much aware. He's very much aware that Simon, if Simon knows who God is and walks in the knowledge of God and relationship with God, then he'll look like God. And Bailey will ultimately come to that same knowledge and then she'll have a relationship with God. So what do you think the enemy is attacking in every person's life? Knowing God. That one thing. Think about it. We have to understand this because every mindset, every thought process, Every problem, every temptation is coming against your relationship with Jesus so that you would know him, coming between your knowing of him, because he knows that if he can get you to get outside of that understanding, then you're not going to manifest that same knowledge to other people. Right? Okay, Bailey is out in the world. She doesn't know the Lord. She's lost. How is she ever going to know the Lord? Right? She's going to hear. How do they hear unless there's a preacher? Okay, whether that be speaking, whether that be living, she's going to encounter somebody that is carrying the, carrying the person of God, carrying the life of God so that she encounters that. She'll be drawn to it, right? So if I'm the enemy and I know that that's the only way that Bailey is going to get there, what am I going to try to stop? Am I going to try to stop her from encountering people? Am I going to try to stop her from... Am I just going to take her and put her in an island so that she never sees anybody? Or do I go to the place where I know that the image is and try to stop that from shining? Do you see? Right? If I know that Simon's filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the nature and the, and the life of God and he's married to Bailey and Bailey doesn't know the Lord, my, my goal and my purpose of attack is probably not going to be Bailey. It's probably going to be Simon. Right? Because if I can crush the light in Simon, she'll never see the light. If I can trust, crush the truth in Simon, she'll never understand the truth. Do you see? This is why it's so important for us to understand because you live a life of warfare, whether you really realize it or not. You're going to live a life of warfare because you said yes to Jesus, so welcome. Right? That's why, Timothy said, that's why Paul says to Timothy, those who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. They will. 100% will suffer persecution. That's why Jesus says, in this life you will have trouble. You can write that down and put it on your, on your refrigerator, right? You're like, that's a promise for me right there. I'm taking that. I'm taking that one. <laughs> right? Right, exactly. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Because Jesus is trying to get you to see that the, the persecution, the mindsets of everything coming against you is for that one thing to try to crush the image of God in your life. But you need to be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome it. You need to be of good cheer because you can walk as children of the light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. This is why I'm saying is like purpose. You have to understand that when you wake up in the morning, every mindset, every thought that comes to you, 
every temptation, everything that the enemy says is trying to crush that one idea in your life. That's why, that's why the enemy works so hard to, once you're saved, to attack your mind, to attack your, your, really your mind, to attack your mind to get you to think a certain way because what he's trying to do is he's trying to put out the light that's in you. So look at this, Matthew chapter 5. I'm not going to try to, like, project things on people. Um, like, I'm not trying to, like, I will never try to believe that, like, what, what I've experienced is what everybody experiences. But I think that from talking to people, this is probably what people, a lot of people experience. Is the thing that gets attacked the most is usually my identity and who I am in Jesus in my mind. Does anyone agree with that? Like, in my personal life, my understand, not even my understanding, who I am in the gospel of Jesus Christ has been attacked the most in my mind and my thought process. Who, does anyone else agree with me? Okay. The most all across the board in my life, what's attacked the most is, and if I boil it all down, it boils down to who I am because I believed in Jesus and what he says I am because I believed in Jesus. Right? Because, listen, what is the only thing that, if, if, if Tyler doesn't under, let's say Tyler's not a believer in Jesus, what's the only thing that's going to set him free? truth, the gospel, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that's going to take him as a man dead in sin and set him free so that he can live free. It's the only thing, right? So in my life, the biggest thing that's been attacked is that truth right there, which is the gospel, because the enemy is trying to keep the gospel from going out. And that's why we talked about righteousness and, and, and what the gospel is for so long, because we have to have a clear understanding of it. Because the more it builds in our heart, the more we'll never let anything try to keep, take that away from us. But at, in my life, the thing that has been attacked the most is, is the understanding of who you are in Jesus because of what he's done. Right? You have a thought, you have a temptation, you have a, 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 a mindset, whatever, it's coming and saying, oh, you're not really actually righteous. Oh, you're really not that pure. Oh, you're really not doing that good. Like Tyler said, oh, you're really not living up to it. Oh, you're, all these things are trying to get you to a place to where Tyler, if he believes it, will shut his light off. Right? I'm about to read it. But he'll shut his light off, and then other people won't see because Tyler shut his light off. He's not, Tyler's still saved, and he'll, his heart will be burning for the, for the truth. But he won't let, he won't, has anyone ever tried to like, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to share something with, with somebody at, at my work, or I want to encourage them, or somebody wants to talk about the Lord, and immediately what hits your mind is all the things you haven't done, or how, where you haven't lived up to where you feel like your standard is, right? That's, be, that's, that's, a, that's a tactic of the enemy. Like, that is 100% a ploy of the, of the devil, because he's trying to get you to shut your mouth, because he doesn't want you to open it, because he knows that when you open it, freedom comes, right? That's why it's like, when people are like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna play on the worship team. It's just like I shouldn't play. I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, I haven't. They don't know what I've done. They don't. All those things go through people's minds, do they not? 
because they're, and they're not accidental that those go through your mind. It's a, it's a soundtrack that we all have in our cars somehow, right? It's terrible. Yeah. So look at verse 13. I was going to try to come up with a, with a joke there, but I passed on it. I'll bring it back around. I'll, I'll bring it up later. Verse 13 of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Right there. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So look at this. The heart and the nature of God is that all men would see the light and glorify him in heaven. You understand the glory of God, the actual glory of God is just who he is, the nature of God. Like the glory of God is like the the perfect picture of who God is. It's the best way to say that. Right when he when he he shows Moses his glory in Exodus, he says he starts saying the Lord who's love in loving kind, his loving kindness, is full of mercy. He starts saying who he is to show him the glory. Right? So the glory, when, when, when we glorify the Father, we see the Father for who he truly is. So when people look at your life, they look at the light of your life and they glorify your Father in heaven. They see the, they see the Father in you and they're drawn to it. So think about this. Any mindset, any thought process, any doctrine, any theology, anything that you believe about God or about yourself that keeps you from shining is a lie. Any thought process you have that keeps you from shining is a lie. Any thought process that you have, any thought process, any belief system, any lie that you're believing that's, that's keeping you from experiencing life and peace and, ex- and actually giving life and peace to others and joy to others is a lie from hell. Because right here, the enemy knows, right here, that he's like, the goal of the father is to light a lamp in Tyler so that all will see and he's going to put him up high. So he's like, all I'm going to do is just make sure Tyler doesn't shine. All I'm going to do is make sure Tyler doesn't believe that. All I'm going to do is come against Tyler and his mindset and his, and his heart and his, or come against his heart and what God's done in his heart and come against what he's, who, who he is, what he thinks about himself, all these things to where Tyler will say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to get to the place to where... I'm just going to go about my life and try not to sin and then come to church and, and make sure that, you know, I'm in church when Jesus comes back. Has anyone lived like that? Because you're not living with a purpose in your heart. Because when Tyler would truly see who he is, man, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be long until the people around him would start to get impacted. Right? What's crazy to me is Jesus believes that this is the best way that it can actually happen. You know, I feel like we I feel like we kind of beat ourselves up because we haven't lived that in the in the past. But like 
Jesus is like, this is his plan A. And he doesn't like, like I said, he's not like tripping that Tyler's going to live his whole life and not get it. You know what I mean? I, like, I think that us as, as individuals, I think we need to just like completely throw out the mindset that we're not going to get it. Because I think that Jesus, like, his idea of us is a lot higher than our picture of ourselves. Like, I think what Jesus sees in us is, 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 is pretty high. I think that he actually believes that, man, like, I think he believes that we'll actually see it. I think he's actually patient, you know, like you were talking to me in the bathroom, right? <laughs> right? It was a bathroom here. I wasn't at Brandon's house in the bathroom with him. But, right, like Jesus believes that when he sows seed, when he keeps speaking and telling you who you are, eventually it's going to produce the harvest that he wants it to. Like Jesus doesn't sow seed and be like, I don't really know if that's actually going to work. Right? Jesus doesn't stand up, up here and then have somebody give a prophetic word to somebody and share directly into their heart and believe that that's not going to produce the fruit that he wants it to produce. Right? Like Isaiah says, that, like as, Jesus says, as the, as the rain and the snow covers the earth, so, so my word will bring forth what I send it to do. Right? That's what Jesus believes. He believes that when he speaks over your life and tells you who you are, that you're going to believe it and you're going to walk in it. Right? Like I remember... I remember when I was going through a bunch of, uh, of things in my, like, a bunch of attack actually in my mind. I was in my room, and I'm, like, crying out to the Lord, really, with tears. And I just remember the Lord, like, kind of cut me off, and he was like, he's like, Dylan, I'm not, I'm not neglecting that you're feeling what you're feeling. He's just like, but I don't, I know who you are, so I'm not going to let this affect me like that. And I was like, man, that's so good, Lord. Because he's like, he's like I see you. For, he's like, you just don't see what I see. He's like, in the midst of all what you're doing, he goes, you just don't see what I see. And I was like, man, that's so good. I mean, like in the midst of all the stuff that we're, we're caught up in and the mindsets that we have, the Lord sees something that we don't see. Like, like he believes that if Tyler, can, if Tyler sees what he sees, and he'll continue to pursue that knowledge in Tyler so that Tyler gets that knowledge and sees himself clearly, that that light will actually impact so many other people. And like I said last week, God doesn't do that so that it'll be impacted. He just knows that that's the byproduct, right? God doesn't, God doesn't like, he's not pursuing Tyler because Tyler's like a, like, I think we, we think that God like pursues people that are like famous because he wants like the, like everybody to know. Like, I think that God like pursues people, like we literally think that, like we think, oh, this person that I know is like a sports athlete or whatever, like. God really wants them to get saved because then they'll influence a ton of people. And like, I'm sure that will happen, but that's not what God's thought process is. Right? Like I said, he'll, like, if it was just, if you were like the only person in your village, it was just you and nobody else in the middle of nowhere with no people, like the Lord would, the Lord would pursue you and he would change your life so that, you know, the monkeys around you would be saved, Right? Like I said last week, like he raised up Adam out of the dirt when there was nobody around and there wasn't a choir, there wasn't a, a clap, there wasn't anyone saying amen. It was just him and a piece of dirt. That's good news. But God's design is this right here. And I think that for us living in a place of, of, of purpose, we have to realize that our job when we wake up in the morning, the reason that we're still on the earth, because I talked about it last week, Apart from this understanding, we'll live our lives just waiting to go to heaven, not realizing that we're here to shine. 
right? So, so many, how many times have you guys had mindsets in your life that actually made you feel like <sighs> discouraged, kind of beat down, and just kind of like quiet to where you're not going to say anything like throughout the day, right? Those mindsets are sent as, a, as actual attack against the kingdom of God that's living on the inside of you. Because the enemy is trying to get you to keep your mouth shut to a place to where he's really just trying to build something in you so you live a life like that. To where you're actually filled with the power of God, but you won't ever give it. Like you're filled with the knowledge of God, but no one will ever see it. And you won't experience it, which is like a double bonus for him. Right? Like the enemy hates you 100%. Like he doesn't wake up and have, I don't know if the enemy sleeps, but he doesn't wake up and have like a, he doesn't, I think, I don't know. Doctrinally, I don't know how that works, but, right, he doesn't sleep. That's why you can, have, that's why you can be attacked all day long and then still be attacked in your dreams, because he doesn't sleep. <laughs> but he, he doesn't, like, have a little bit of good for you and then, like, bad for you. He has 100% bad for you all the time. Like, all he thinks is kill, steal, destroy. You have questions? Right? All he thinks is kill, kill, steal, destroy. That's all he thinks. That's why, side note, his nature is destruction. His nature is killing. His nature is deception. His nature is all he does, all he thinks about is how to kill, steal, and destroy all the time. That's why, so amazing, that's why Jesus says when he's in the garden, he says, do what you do because now is the hour of darkness because the Lord took his hands off of Jesus for a moment and the enemy did what he knew the enemy would do is kill Jesus in a moment, right? So once the Lord took his hands off Jesus and forsook him, right, the enemy just did what he does naturally, and he killed Jesus. But what the, what the enemy didn't know is that what, that's what God knew he was going to do, and that's what God wanted him to do, right? That's what I'm saying. On the enemy's best day, he crucifies Jesus and plays right in as a fool into the hand of God, right? On his absolute best day when he's firing on all cylinders, he crucified the Son of Glory and actually multiplied that image in the earth. That's amazing. That's why, like, that's why I'm saying is he's not impressed by the enemy. The enemy, the Lord is not looking at the enemy in your life and saying, man, he's actually, he's, he's winning and taking ground. That's not, that's not how the Lord thinks. He's absolutely incredible with his mindset, right? That's why I say when he, I'm going to get to your question, but that's why I say when he gets to your, like, let's say that he comes and he's attacking Tyler in the understanding of righteousness. And he's like, I'm going to get Tyler to not believe this and try to crush that image. The Lord in his wisdom well, all he will do is continue to speak truth to Tyler and speak truth to Tyler and speak truth to Tyler. And he'll never stop the voice of the enemy in his life ever. The Lord does not do that because he knows that the revelation in Tyler will actually crush the lie of the enemy to where nothing will ever come against Tyler again because the truth has grown so deep. He's amazing, right? Because what, what we want the father to do is say, Father, would you just stop these thoughts? Father, would you just stop these temptations? Father, would you just stop this feeling of discouragement? What the Lord wants to do is build an understanding of your purpose to crush discouragement in your life the rest of your life. Because if he builds the understanding of purpose in your life, you'll never give to discouragement ever again, ever. Right? The wisdom of God. He's amazing. That's why the enemy has, he, there's no, there is no place in the Lord for what the enemy does. He's not worried about it. He's not, he knows that what he's, I remember when I was going through a lot of like attack in my mind. The Lord says, I trust what I've deposited in you. And I didn't understand what that meant. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, the Lord believes that the truth that he spoke into my life was able to defend me and fight for me in the midst of a battle. It's amazing, man. Right? 
The enemy does like Tyler. The Lord doesn't come. The enemy doesn't come to Tyler and start talking to Tyler and tell him he's not worthy, not worthy. You're not worthy. And the Lord just comes and say, No, you are worthy. Don't listen to him. Like he he's lying to you. He just tells Tyler exactly who he is, and he's like, You're my son. You're my son. Pretty soon Tyler will start to see, Oh, I'm your son, and I'm worthy of your blood. Like he's like, I died for you, right? The Lord doesn't say, Hey, you're not worthy. He says, No, I died for you. I paid a high price for you. Then Tyler will start to see, Oh, you paid a high price for me. Why would I ever believe that I'm not worthy, right? That's amazing to me. Like, that's why, you can, that's why you can look at your children and speak truth over them on who they are and telling them who they are, that when the time comes, they'll never give themselves to the things that you're worried that they're going to give themselves to because they understand who they are, right? Revelation always trumps everything else. An understanding of who you are, well, you'll never give yourself to a lie when you believe the truth, Right? Man. Who wants to go first? Tyler's in the middle. Go ahead, Ty. Oh, yeah. No. So, like Tyler said, he's like, is it prayer or is it truth that sets people free is ultimately what you're saying. Because when you're going through those things, you want prayer. You want to like, man, I need prayer. I need this. I need that. And it's like, you don't need anything. You need truth. Right? And that's why it's like, I say it all the time. Like, I'm not, because I've walked it out. I'm not like, I had people pray for me all the time when I was feeling fearful. I had people pray for me all the time. And it's like, people are zealous and, and they like, work, like I don't want to see Tyler walking in fear. I don't want to see him struggling with fear. You understand? Like, I don't want that. I love him. I'm his friend. So I'm going to pray with my best prayer to make sure that this fear goes from a good heart. That's, I'm not against people, but I'm just saying I'm leaving Tyler in the same place of experiencing fear all the time and praying against a feeling, praying against a, a mindset that's producing the feeling, praying against a lie that's actually producing that feeling in his life, right? So my, as, a, as, a, as somebody that Tyler is coming to and, and, and trusting that, hey, would you pray for me, this and that, I need to speak truth in who Tyler is and say what God's saying so that the fear will, can actually be crushed in the understanding of righteousness. That's why you hear me preach righteousness like it's going out of style and I'll never stop and I don't care. I will always preach it for the rest of my life because it is the gospel and it sets people free. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what's going on. Everything in everyone's life can come back to identity, like I said. And if you can set people free in their identity, everything else will change. Right? I don't, Tyler doesn't need to come to me with all his fruit hanging on his tree and say, hey, how do I fix this bad fruit? I just have to follow the fruit down to what you're believing and I can fix the fruit. Right? Because that's what happens. It's like Tyler, like, he's experiencing, I'm exper like, man, I'm, I'm just experiencing so much shame. I'm just experiencing so much shame. I'm like, why are you experiencing shame? I don't need to pray and just be like, enemy, stop talking to, to Tyler. I just bind the enemy in Jesus' name. Right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, like, right now in Jesus' name, I plead the blood over Tyler's mind. I'm all for the blood on people's minds, but I'm not praying that. I'm saying, what do you, he's just like, well, I have these thoughts and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not saved. I feel like I'm not who I'm supposed to, like, I feel like I'm not pure. I feel like, and I'm like, well, dude, what are you even talking about? And I'm speaking into who he's called to be. I'm speaking into who he is. And I know that, man, when I look at your life, Tyler, I was like, I can see that the reason that you're feeling all this shame is because your heart's pure and you don't even want to think all these thoughts. So why are you believing that this is who you are right now? 
right? And I speak into who Tyler is, and I crush the idea of shame in his life. And I'm not speaking against the shame. I'm just breathe, I'm speaking in the truth, and that's the same way that the Father does it with us. Does that make sense? Because so easily we'll just lay our hands on people and pray against that. Or we'll, we'll be in our room praying against what we're feeling, and we're not asking the Father to say, Father, I'm, I'm feeling shame because I'm believing something wrong, now what is it? That's why, I, that's why I'm trying to establish a secret place in our lives is because you don't have a question anymore. That is why we, that's why I'm trying to establish a secret place in our life so much is because when there's a problem, we have to go to where we get an answer. We have to go to where we can hear his voice. We have to shut the door so that we can hear who he's saying that we are or we'll always listen to the lies. Right? We'll always listen to the lies when we don't hear his voice. And that's what he's saying. He's like, Jesus is saying, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger's voice they will not follow. I remember this one time. I was in worship. Man, this is so good. I was in worship in Karis, a Bible college that I went to, and I'm like sitting there, and I was going through all this stuff in my mind, and I was, the enemy was telling me that, this because this is what the enemy does. He'll, space, he'll say something to you, or he'll, he'll put a picture in your mind, or he'll put a flashback of who you were, or he'll, he'll speak about you know, he'll put a temptation in your mind, and then he'll step back and be like, see, you're thinking this. It must still be who you are. That's pretty much what he does, right? Like, you sh like s especially if you struggled with, like, like, addiction, lust is a big one, but, like, those kind of things that, like, you struggled with over time, the enemy will speak it and say, right, like, you're, you struggle with addiction in your life, the enemy will knock on your door, and he'll be like, hey, don't you remember what it was like when you used to use or whatever? And it'll be like, you'll sit there and then he'll be, oh, that thing must still be in you. You should be nervous. You should be scared. What that is right there, that, hey, you should be scared. You should be nervous. That thing's still in you. Trace that all the way back. It's saying, hey, remember when you were baptized, you gave your life to Jesus? Remember what the gospel's done? That's not true. Right? He's not actually attacking, he's not attacking your identity. I mean, he is, but he's not, that's not his point of attack. His point of attack is the foundation of the gospel in your life. Because what he'll say is like, oh, I might, you'll be going about your life hoping that's not true, believing that it is true, hoping it's not true, and then trying your best to do Christian things, right, and not actually addressing the issue. You'll never, you, if you believe that, you'll never preach a true gospel to somebody. Because you'll say, man, he can set you free, but I don't know exactly if he set me free because it's still in me. And it's all the voice of a stranger the whole time. Do you see that? It's so, that's why what he's saying is kind of a key. Like you can, you can trace it to where, what he's trying to attack in your life, right? Like I remember two stories. Don't let me forget the first story. But the other story is I remember preaching. Um, we were going to baptize Nate that one time. And it was, uh, I was going to share on water baptism and like being free from, from, from who you are and being free from sin and being set free from the person you used to be like, Nate was going to get baptized that next night or that next day and I was going to bed and I had this like I had this like thought process of like man you can't teach like I was falling asleep I was sleeping I didn't know if I was sleeping or whatever but it was like I had this it was like somebody was speaking to me but it was like you can't really believe that people are free like you can't actually teach that like you can't act like people aren't actually transformed like all this stuff was going through my head and it was like and there was a feeling attached to it and I was dreaming I wasn't even awake and I remember waking up, and I'm like, and I thought about it. I was like, holy cow, you're super scared of that revelation. I was like, what you, I was like you're really nervous that if I keep teaching this, people are going to get it. And I was, like, that, I was like, 
I didn't realize, I mean, I realized it as the enemy right when I woke up, but I was like, I test, I'm like, oh, what you're trying to attack is really important. That's why you're trying to attack it. And you ask Nate what set Nate free, if you ask him, if you, when you see him, ask him, say, what's the revelation that set you free? He'll say Romans chapter 6 and being water baptized and free from sin. And I'm like, dangerous. Because the enemy, he gives away what he's nervous about, right? Like, that's why, like, that's why when, you, like, if, if somebody comes and speaks over Gannon, hey, you're called to preach the gospel and you're going to, like, all this stuff, whatever, like, this is, you are called to preach the gospel, Gannon. But, like, he says, you're going to speak to millions. Gannon will immediately start thinking, I can't really talk in front of people, right? Because now that Gannon's heard, not, like, the enemy is back there, like, shoot, now this is what I'm going to attack because I can't let Gannon preach to millions because, and he knows that when the Lord speaks, it, he speaks, right? He's seen it lots of times happen, and he's like, that's not good because he's usually right. So he's going to, the only thing he can do is get Gannon to not believe it and receive it. It's the only thing he can do. He cannot stop God, but he can, he's trying to stop God in you, plain and simple, right? And he knows that if he can get Gannon to not believe it and not receive it, then he'll crush that dream and crush what God has said to happen in this person's life because Gannon refused to believe it. That's why what you believe is very, very important, right? So I remember one time I was in Karis and I was in worship and I'm like, there was all this stuff that was going through my head and I'm believing that this is who, what I was. And I'm like, I just remember in worship, I'm like, all right, Lord. And I just began to like, I'm like, this is what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I'm repenting. Man, this is so good. I'm repenting for what I was hearing in my mind. And I'm telling, because I'm like, I just want to be honest. And I'm like, this is what's going through my head, Lord. And like, I had my eyes closed in worship. And the Lord was sitting, this picture came to me really quick. And the Lord was sitting like this on a couch. And he just goes, just like that. He's like, have you been listening to the stranger's voice? Just like that. And I was like, that crushed me. I was like, he just says, have you been listening to the stranger's voice? Because I was saying, hey, this is who I am. And I'm, in my mind, I'm repenting, or I'm telling him this is who I am because I want him to take it away. Right? When you repent for something that's not you, you take it for who you are, and it's not you. Right? The moment that you repent for something, like, you have something that goes through your mind that you wish didn't go through your mind, right? Like, you have a memory of your, of your past that goes through your mind, and you wish you didn't think it, and you're like, man, Lord, I'm sorry. Like, you're repenting for something that's not true, and you're believing that that's who you are. I've heard, I, I can't even, and I mean, you can disagree with me, whatever. I had the Lord tell me one time. He's just like, I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. He's like, don't say you're sorry because that's not you, just like that. And I was like, man, that's really good. Because he's like, the moment that you believe that it's you, the moment that you'll be bound. Right? The moment that you receive it and believe that that's who you are, there's a moment that you're in bondage. The flip side of that, I remember the Lord said one time, he's like, as long as you believe the lie, you'll always be in bondage. Right? The feeling can come and go, but as long as you believe a lie, you'll always be in bondage. Right? As long as Tyler believes that he's not righteous in the sight of God and believes that God hasn't actually set him free from who he used to be, is he'll always be in bondage to that thing. Right? If I believe, if I believe that I'm still the person, if I have the, you know, the thought of addiction that goes through my mind and I still believe that that's in me, then I'm still in bondage to it. But the moment that I stop believing it's me is the moment that I'm free it's not me anymore and it's not arrogance because I'm believing in what the gospel has done I'm not believing in my own effort that's really good preaching 
right? I'm believing in what the gospel has done. I'm not believing in my effort anymore. All I'm doing is looking back to the foundation and saying, man, you crucified that man when I said yes. And I'm not going to let what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling, I'm not going to let the temptation that's coming to me tell me that I'm still the person that I used to be. This is what goes on in my mind all the time. This stuff, like even somebody that speaks this boldly, it still comes to me all the time, right? That mindset comes, those things come to me all the time. And I have to be very sharp because what you'll do is you'll live an underlying sense of shame when it's not you. You'll live an underlying sense of guilt when it's not you. And then what you're doing is you're taking your light and you're putting it under a basket because no one's going to get blessed by your life because you're believing that you're still the person that you used to be. And the enemy's tactic is, man, Tyler might be saved and he's going to go to heaven one day, but he's definitely not going to shine like Jesus in the earth. Right? He's like, and he's probably going to live like hell till he gets there. That's why it's not about going to heaven. It's about transformation. Is there any questions on that? Yeah. Yeah, she said respond like her, she's like normally, she's like my knee-jerk response would be like, Lord, I'm sorry for thinking that. Lord, I'm sorry for that. Lord, like, right? I mean, how many, I've lived like that. Has anyone ever else done that? Like, she's like saying that the way that I would respond and the way that the Lord has taught me is, <clears throat> I, it's so crazy because I talk about this all the time and I think that it's so necessary. Like, I, I'm like, Lord, I've said this a hundred times, but it's like, I've said this a hundred times and it's still what hits me. Like, the, the stuff the Lord has told me about this, this specifically, like the battlefield of the mind is still what, like, it's still the attack the enemy wants to play on me. So I'm like, you're, like, I feel like I've had so much revelation because you've attacked me in this area. And it's like, he never, it's not like he's like, oh, I'm, I see that you're like one of, you know, you have some, a lot of revelation in this area. He's like, I'm going to probably just stop and kind of hit you and like, you shouldn't tithe, you know, like, No. He comes, after, he comes after your mind because the battle will always be in your mind because he can't affect your heart because your heart's been purified. He can't attack your spirit. The, Lord, the, the enemy cannot take away your salvation ever. The enemy can't take, like, what we're, like, this, like this light scripture, you know? Like we're singing this little light of mine, right? I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan what? It out. He can't do that. That's, stu- that's terrible theology. We've been singing it for years. Like the enemy cannot blow out your light. How is, how is he going to strip the Holy Spirit from, your, from the inside of your heart? Right? How can, the, how can the enemy come into your life and absolutely rip Jesus out from inside of your heart? Can't do it. It's impossible. Right? All he can do is get you to believe that you're not who he says you are. And then what you'll do is you'll crush you'll, you'll crush that light in your life and you'll start to, to, it won't burn out. You'll just, you'll continue, you'll hear, man, you'll hear truth that comes to you. You'll hear people teaching truth. You'll hear, you'll read something and it'll hit your heart and it'll be like the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, 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 that's good. That's good. And you'll be like, no, it's not good because of this, 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 and this. That's why what you, what you believe, what you think is very important. And that's why you have to repent. That's why repentance is a gift because when the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, 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 you're like, I just need to agree with him because I think he's right and I'm wrong. 
right? When you look in the mirror and look at yourself and you're seeing something that's different than what the Lord says, one of you is wrong and it's probably 100% you and you should repent. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just not true. But it's so important for us to understand that, that the Holy Spirit will never, like the enemy is not going to blow your light out. But it's, that's why he attacks you so much. So like going back to your question, I say this all the time and it's, I think we should like, I, I need to hear it all the time. Like I've been attacked like this. I mean, in the last two months or the last two weeks, like a ton. And it's like, it's what always hits me is in my mind. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. And it's like, that's what I'm saying is I'm not trying to project it on people that that's what other people struggle with. But I just feel like, especially in this day and age, there's like, I just believe there's a huge attack on the mind of, of people, right? And it's like, and that's why I'm like, does anyone else feel like this? And it's because it's, the enemy is trying to crush the image of God in people's lives. Remember, I, I say it all the time, but the Lord said, he's like, there's a, there's a war for the hearts and minds of people. And if you're not aware of it, you'll be overtaken by it, right? And that's why, that's why I mean, media, politics, social media, all that stuff is coming against the knowledge of God and against the, the thought process of the, of the Lord in people's lives so that he can crush the identity of people, plain and simple, right? So with the thinking, if a thought, if a thought bothers you, it's probably not from you. If a thought bothers you, it's probably not from you. And I'm saying probably, but it's not from you. Right? If you have a thought that, how many of you guys have had a thought and it bothers you like going forward in the next couple hours? Right? If you wish you never thought it, then it's probably not you. Do you see this? I know it's simple. It's funny when we had the word simple. Who said simple? My wife? Did you say simple? You're a simple woman, that's why. Today is kind of frustrating. She's so simple, to be honest with you. <laughs> Today will just be like, condemnation, never even heard of it. <laughs> She's like, I never thought that the Lord didn't love me. He said he loved me. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you've never, like, struggled to, like, like the Lord, like, you felt like there was a season where the Lord didn't love you? No. <laughs> he loves me. What are you talking about? <laughs> Like, it's only the revelation that I've been trying to build in my life for 25 years now, okay? Since I was two, no. Um, So if a thought bothers you, it's not from you. If you wish you didn't think it, it's probably not coming from you. If you look at what you just thought, whether it's, it might have been a mindset that you thought of for years, right? Like like I said, the addiction thing, it might have been something that you've thought of for a long time. It might be something that triggers it. But if it bothers your heart, then it's probably not from you. Right? If something is affecting your heart, if you're feeling like you wish you, like it hurts your heart, it's probably not from you. Does that make sense? Like it's not from you. It's on the outside trying to get in. Because what the enemy is trying to do by, by attacking us in our thought process is make you believe that it's inside you. It's hidden somewhere and you have to take care of it. That's what he's trying to get you to believe. Right? He's trying to get you to believe that, man, that addiction is still in you somewhere. It's, you're not actually free. Because freed people set people free. When we're free, we set people free. 
I was talking to Josh about this. Like, it's not, it's not positive thinking. That was a good question Josh asked at Chick-fil-A. It's not like, you're not like thinking positive thinking. Like, oh, I just need to think better so that I live better. You're taking your belief and putting your faith in the power of God when you believe with what he, when you believe what he says. It's not you thinking better. It's your belief system is agreeing with the belief system of God about you, and then it's affecting the way that you think, and now you'll live differently. It come, it's, it's about, like, that's why when I preach, I'm preaching to believers. I'm preaching to your believing. I'm, I'm preaching to your believer. Like, the thing in you that believes, I'm preaching to your believer. That's why I don't just talk. That's why I'm not a super smart guy, but I have really good things to say. Because I'm preaching by the Spirit of God to the, to the Spirit of God in you so that you believe. Right? We need more teaching and preaching that's renewing our mind to the truth of who we are, not just, not just giving us good ideas. We've all heard those, like good ideas, like things that just like, oh, that sounds really good, but it doesn't set people free. Truth sets people free. So I'm preaching to the truth. Like Brandon was saying in the bathroom, I'm preaching good words, good, <laughs> you guys should just come to the bathroom, really. <laughs> Taylor will be in the women's bathroom after this, I'll be in the men's. You guys want to hear some good words? We got, we're just going to pitch up in there. <laughs> Women's bathrooms, though, like, you guys mostly have, like, couches and stuff pitched up in your guys' bathrooms. But I'm preaching truth to the heart of man, believing that it's going to produce an impact in, the life, in your life. I'm preaching truth and sowing seeds, right? As the kingdom of God is as a man sows seed. You sow seed into the heart of a man, and it will produce the fruit in the heart of a man. And it'll affect the way that they live. Simon, do you have a question? You just want to hold the microphone close to you? Oh. Is there any other questions on that? Does that answer your question? Okay, no, it didn't answer your question. So this is the best way that I handle it, okay? <clears throat> right? So let's say a thought comes to me. Let's say a, a flashback of my past. Let's say a mindset or a, something that I used to think all the time, right? Like, it came to me again or whatever. Like, what I'll do is, and here's the way that I explain it, is sometimes, sometimes thoughts come that are just completely ridiculous, and you know it's not you, and you can just brush it off. Sometimes thoughts come that make it past your shield of faith and hurt your heart. You need to address those. Does that make sense? That's the best way that I explain it. Let me say that again. Like, sometimes a thought will come like, you know, you're like, I should take, I should just drive off this highway, off this interpass onto the car, and it's like, do I have a, a, like, do I have suicidal thoughts in my mind? Like, you know what I mean? You'll be like, that's ridiculous. And it just, it doesn't affect your heart. Like, it doesn't, you're not bothered by that thought. You just kind of brush it off. You don't need to be like, Lord, what's going on? Is there something, like, you don't need to do all that. But when you have a thought that comes that's like, you brush it off, but like, it's starting to affect the way that you're, you're feeling and the way that you're living. Like, you're, you're feeling shame from it. Like, you're like, it's made it past your shield of faith, like Ephesians chapter 6 talks about that fiery dart, and it's, it's affecting, like the enemy took a cheap shot, it's affecting your heart. So you need to just be like, man, Lord, like, what's going on? Like, why am I, and that's where, like, I will be like, all right, Father, you know, I'm not trying to explain to you what I thought, because you live inside of me, you know everything that goes through my mind. So it's like, I'll just be like, man, Father, I'm thankful that that's not who I am. Right? A thought comes that I wish I didn't think, it proves that it's not me. I'll just be like, Father, I'm thankful that that's not who I am. Right? And in my room, in my bedroom, in my truck, whatever I'm at, I'm just like, out loud, I'm just like, Father, I thank you that that's not who I am. 
and I realize what it's trying to attack, and I'm like, I'm thankful that that man is long dead and gone, right? If I'm an addict, I had the thought of, of using, man, Father, I'm thankful that that man's dead and gone. And it's not me trying to tell myself that it's, that it's true. I'm agreeing with what actually happened to me at the cross. Like I said, that's what, it's not positive thinking. It's not me trying to positively think. It's me being assured of the gospel in my life. And, a, and all I'm doing is aligning myself with the power of heaven to make it my reality. Right? Because the Lord wants that light to be burning brightly in my life. So all I'm doing is just agreeing with what he says about me and letting it be, start to affect the way that I think and the way that I see and the way that I live. By the power of God, it's not by my effort. Right? So I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, Lord, I'm thankful that that's not who I am. And I'm like, I'm thankful that, man, you, you set that dude, like, that dude used to live like that, I used to think like that, and I'm thankful that I don't desire that at all. And I'm thankful that my heart is actually hurting when the thought even goes through my mind, because it used to go through my mind, and I used to think about it myself. I used to actually wait and actually conjure up those thinkings, right? You know when a thought comes from you and when it doesn't come from you. Like, if you sit there and go, I don't actually want to think that. That's not coming from you. Now, on the flip side, there are some times where there's things that come up in your heart that actually the Lord will reveal to you. And you're like, hey, that way that you're thinking right there, you'll be like, oh, Lord, that's when repentance has to happen. And you repent from what the Lord is revealing in your life, right? And that, those are sweet moments, too, because then the Lord is showing you that he's like, I've called you to so much more. All you got to do is repent. It's not who you are, right? The Holy Spirit is convicting of us, us of righteousness in that moment. But when a thought comes that's bothering you, that you wish you never thought, that a temptation, whatever, and it's like, you can stand there and be like, man, Father, and what you're doing is you're establishing your heart in the truth of the gospel. You're establishing your heart in who he says that you are, and you're saying, man, Father, just, like, this thing keeps bothering me when it, like, when I have that mindset come, when I have that thought process come, it bothers me, like, tell me exactly who I am. Who, what do you see, what do you see in me? And the Lord starts to speak over you whether it's scripture, whether it's truth, whether it's whatever, and he'll begin to affirm you in who you're called to be and who he created you to be, right? You understand the Lord, when he speaks, a little side note, he's not speaking so that Rob will be, like, it's not, he's not like, hey, Rob, you're pure, so that Rob is pure. He's speaking what he's done in Rob already so that Rob sees it. I don't think you guys got that. Amen. It's not manifesting. The Lord isn't speaking to Cassidy that she's amazing to try to get Cassidy to believe she's amazing so that she'll be amazing. He's, she's speaking to Cassidy that she's amazing because she is amazing. She just doesn't see it. Right? It's a finished work of the cross. When we believed in Jesus, he already made your heart pure. That's why when a thought comes, it's already affecting the, your heart because that's why you don't want to think it because he already established it. So when he's speaking to you, when you're reading the scripture, he's showing you what he's already created you to be, and he's transforming the way that you think and see yourself. He's not changing your, like I said, he's not, he's not thinking, making you think right so that you can live it. He's making you agree with what's already happened in your life so you can experience the fruit of it. Right? Plain and simple. If I give Bailey, say, hey, Bailey, $5,000 in the bank account up at, up at LaughQ, whatever up at a bank, all you got to do is go get it. She's acquiring something that is already paid for, purchased, and given to her. The renewing of the mind is her understanding that she, all she has to do is go and tap into it. That was a bad example. 
Here's a better example. Exactly. You can't have it unless you withdraw it. Valor is born. Man, this is going to be really good. Valor is born, right? And I, like, I died today. He's a 16-month-old, 17-month-old. He could live his whole life not knowing who his dad is. Not knowing who his dad is. And then start to realize who his dad was. And realize what he has in him is because of the nature that I've given to him. Right? He could live his whole life being like, oh, I'm not bold. I don't really talk that much. I'm kind of a quiet guy. and He's not. Because of me. Right? You ever met Valerie? Like, when we're in restaurants, he walks right over to somebody like that. And I'm like, hey, dude, you don't know those people. And they're like, how are you? Kind of points. Can I get some of that chicken right there? <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, hey, you can't ask random people for chicken. Come here. Right? But if he doesn't realize that what he was created into because of the nature of his dad is in him, he can live his whole life not believing that that's who he is. Maybe some people start telling him this is what your dad was like, but he'll have in him a nature that's desiring to live a certain way because of what he was created into. In the same way as the renewing of our mind, is us believing what the Lord has done in us. That's why we pursue the knowledge and the image of Christ. That's why I preach Jesus like he's going out of style. Because when we see Jesus, we realize, oh, that's not somebody that I'm trying to become like. That's somebody I've been created to walk in. And all I have to do is continue to give myself to him and let him do that, do it in me and let me walk it out because that light, that burning light is already placed and on fire in me. I just have to continue to stoke it. Is that good? Yeah. You have a question? Here, Brandon. <clears throat> Hand that to him. Second Corinthians 10, 4, 5, and 6, mm. especially 5 and 6, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yeah. Exalts itself. And it just really helps me. It still does. Because mm -hmm. there's guilt and shame of, you know. Right. He puts the thought in, he condemns you for it, and then he gives you an all kind of Christian you are. You've been doing this for how long? You think this and that. And right. Child of God wouldn't think that, you know. Right. But it exalts itself, which means it's an outside source. That's really good. It doesn't say anything. It says exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then you bring every thought to the captivity of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's super good. One man's obedience, I was made righteous. <laughs> and that thought has to bother you. Yeah. It has to. That's so good. That's a, that's a, such a, <clears throat> I'm just wondering if we should go there, but that's a, such a good, such a good example is Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, 5, and 6, like, like he said, every thought that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God in your life, you have to bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's our job. Like, our job is not to just let things kind of slip by us, not to let things just keep passing by us, not to, our job is not to live another day outside of purpose, passion, freedom, joy, and peace. Right? Our job is not to live there anymore. 
Our job is to accept that, like, okay, Jesus, you've placed in me a light that wants to impact people, and you've placed in me the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. So if I'm not experiencing that, then I'm believing something wrong, and I'm going to change the way that I'm seeing myself. Our job is to uh, position ourselves to say, all right, Father, what is it that I'm believing that's making me feel discouraged in my life? What is it that I'm believing about myself? Because you've created me a certain way not to live in discouragement anymore. What, is, what, is I, what am I created in that is going to make me feel like or make me see that I'm not supposed to live a life of discouragement? We're talking about purpose. What, is, what am I believing that's keeping me from experiencing and living in my purpose? Right? That's why it's so important in the secret place to sit down and talk to the Lord and let him speak to you. That's why it's so important to believe that Jesus speaks and the Holy Spirit speaks. It's because without that, the enemy's voice will just keep speaking and he'll, he loves that you won't speak. Or the, the Lord won't speak. Or you believe he doesn't speak. But purpose is so important for us to live in, guys. Our, li- our lives are meant to be lived just like this. It's so funny because the Lord says it. He's like, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? He's like, if we don't see ourselves clearly, then how can, we, how can we ever impact the world? Right? If we put our light under a basket, then how, are, how is anyone else ever, ever going to see us? Right? If, if we don't pursue that knowledge and that truth, how is the people around us ever going to know who Jesus is? How are we ever going to experience it if we, don't, if we continue to let lies dictate who we are? Guys, it would do us good. It would, and this is what I want to finish with. This is your homework. It would do us good to sit down and ask the Lord what he says about you personally. It would be good for you guys to sit down in your bedroom by yourself, in your whatever, when there's no one around and just say, all right, Lord, with the life that I'm living, because I said last week, you need to sit down and say, Father, am I, what am I doing? If, is what I'm doing what you're called me to do? Do I need to make a change? Whatever that is. Same way is, Father, what I'm living like, the, the mindsets, the the, even the emotions that I'm living in, because those are dictated to belief systems, are they called, am I, ca- am I called to live like this? And what do you say about me in these areas? What do you say about me in, my, in the area of, of purity? What do you say about me in the area of who I am? What do you say about me in the area of my family, my finances, my wife, my kids? Like, what kind of a dad am I? What kind of a mom am I? What kind of a husband am I? What kind of a coworker am I? What kind of a son am I? Like, what do you say about me? Because I'm letting my, my image of what I'm believing be tainted by the enemy's voice. And then sit down and just journal what he says. And he might show you, start to show you ideas or mindsets or, or thought processes or things that might have been built in you since you were a little kid. Right? Right? Gannon might have had a, a thought process built in him that he, can't, he, he shouldn't talk in front of people since he was a little kid. He might have just always thought that. Doesn't even know why. And the enemy wants to rip that out of his life, or the Lord wants to rip that out of his life, right? <laughs> the enemy wants Gannon to talk, right? But the, the, the Lord wants to rip that, the enemy's mindset in Gannon's life out of his life. And he's not going to do that. He won't do that unless we give ourselves the truth. He won't do that unless we give ourselves to understanding when there's nobody else around. Does that make sense? Is there any questions as we, as we finish? Yeah. 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 
one of the biggest hangups for the thought life for me lately has been uh, actually the spirit of comparison. Mm-hmm. And not like me comparing myself to you or to anyone else that I see around me. It's more to my previous self. Mm. And uh, I'm just sitting here thinking about that in the moment. And Jesus told me, I didn't get to that place of being on fire by comparing myself to my previous self. I didn't say, because I, I wasn't there yet. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, yeah, I renounced that lie. Like, that's that's such a lie from the enemy. To, he's like, like, hey, get derailed. Uh, you're not going to live up to what you used to be. When so, in reality, yeah. I'm actually more more righteous and more pure than when I first started off. Like there are things in my life like that I don't struggle with anymore mm-hmm. and like pornography or masturbation, like none of that, like mm-hmm. it's smashed out of my life. And like, that's something that I struggle with as an early Christian and now I don't. Yeah, and so it's like, why would I ever even need to compare myself to that when I'm actually living in more higher Freedom. level of purity and righteousness? It just looks different. That's so good. So That's so good. That's powerful. <clears throat> That's exactly true right there. Like so like Rob sees something that he's like, I'm I'm comparing myself to where I used to be, thinking that I'm not where I'm supposed to be, right? And he's just like, and the Lord is revealing an, a mindset in him, and all he has to do is like, I'm just I repent from that. Like I'm I'm closer to the Lord now than I ever will be. Or I'm closer to the Lord now than I was before, and where I'm I'm growing in my understanding and my nearness with him. Not that he's ever the Lord's close. Theologically, he's always closest and he lives inside of you. But like, you, Rob is continuing to grow in his understanding, growing in his pursuit. He'll, he wants to be more on fire when he's on his deathbed than he is right now, right? But like he said, I'm not going to get there. Jesus says, I'm not, you're not going to get there by comparing yourself to where you used to be. You didn't do that. That's not how you got there before. And that truth right there just set him free, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, you can preach. On that, but uh, no, new good. wine goes in new wine skins, yeah. And I, I can't put that new thought into something that's an old wine skin mm-hmm. because I'm being renewed, and so I need a new wine skin for it. That's so good, so yeah, it's so cool, it's so good. And like right there, guys, just plain and simple, that's what you're looking for in your life with Jesus. Like, that's what you're looking for is trans that's called transformation. We think it's some other th- like now, Rob's pursuit of Jesus will be affected by that truth of what Jesus just spoke to him. And that's what transformation looks like. It doesn't look like some laying on of hands and now there's this crazy moment. It's, it's speak, yeah, it's speaking truth. The Holy Spirit spoke truth to Rob. And from that place, now he's never gonna be the same. That's what transformation looks like. And that's why it's so obtainable to every single person because he wants to speak to all of you, yeah. Just, uh, speak out of my comfort zone a little bit here. I don't really speak in front of people, but my heart, my heart's just so on fire for this right now. And God's speaking into me that uh, when you're talking about you are the salt of the earth, but the salt loses its flavor. Basically what that means is one thing that I struggled with when I first got baptized is people were telling me, oh man, you're so different. Oh man, you're not the same. You're not the person you used to be. And what that basically means to me is that The salt is the flavor. You are the flavor of life. We as Christians, as believers of God, we are the flavor of the earth. So when we're set in our ways and we're chasing God and we're pursuing God with such a fire and an intensity, we bring the uniqueness to the world. We don't conform with the world. So we are the flavor. We are the salt. 
So we can't lose our flavor because then there will be, we can't touch other lives. That's so good. That's so good. Exactly. If we start conforming to the way that it's always been or the way that we've always been, the way that we've always been or the way that things have always been, then like you said, we won't have a uniqueness. We won't impact the world. That's so good. You want to take that? You want to take that? All right. Would you guys stand with me? We'll have our guys come up for prayer. Um, So like I said, this is your homework. Get alone with Jesus. Ask him what he says about you personally. Whether that be, whether, yeah, you guys go. Whether that be, you too. Whether that be, um, you know, things that you're struggling with, mindsets that you feel like always kind of keep tripping you up. Whether it be what you're living in, what you're, what you're doing, what your, your family, your kids, your wife, your, your spouse, whatever it is. A mindset to where the way that you're living Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Father, what am I seeing? What am I believing? What lie am I believing that is continuing to keep me in this place? Like just Rob just did. Am I, am I believing that I'm, I was better off before and now I'm not as close to you now? What is it? And what, what do you say about what I'm believing? And let the Lord speak truth to you and let him set you free by his voice. Okay? So let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that, man, you are a good a good father that speaks over his children. I thank you that freedom is available for every single person. Father, I thank you that sons and daughters will be established by your voice. And I thank you that we'll find our identity only in what you say. And I thank you that attacks and mindsets that have come against the, re- the revelation of the gospel in our lives and the truth of who we are, Father, we'll just be absolutely obliterated because of truth of what comes, that comes from your mouth. I thank you, Father, that you're establishing a people in the word of God and that when the storms come, when the foundations are trying to be shaken, Lord, that we're, we're, we're built on good ground because we're, or we're built on good rock and we're built on good ground because we've laid our lives and our, 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 um, the foundation on the, on the word of God. Jesus, I just thank you that, man, we're going to see a, a greater level of fruitfulness because of, because of this understanding. And Father, I thank you that like, we, like you did last week, you're speaking purpose and destiny over people. But you're establishing us in who we are, Father, so that our purpose and our destiny will never be tainted, will never be um, burned out, will never be uh, fault-finding in ourselves. But it'll, it'll bring its fruition of what you've called us to do because you've established us in righteousness. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that teaches us and guides us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like I said, we're going to have our prayer team up here. If you guys need prayer for anything, if you need healing for anything, um, we'd love to pray with you. But other than that, you guys are dismissed.